Coming up, want to know how to turn an average game into an amazing, mind-blowing one? Well, today's guest has millions of downloads for his games and he'll share what types of analytics you should be tracking and how to fully understand your users. Plus, you're going to discover some amazing retention strategies to make sure your users come back to your game. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. From Apple features to ASO to influencer marketing, you will learn all the tools and tactics to make it in the app space. Learn more at appmastersacademy.com. From marketing analytics to omni-channel campaigns to marketing automation, CleverTap is the all-in-one solution to help you retain your users for life. Learn more at clevertap.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. Because I talked to some phenomenal guests, amazing, amazing guests, close to 700 episodes in to learn from them so that we can all collectively grow together. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. We met back in 2015. He's been somebody that I've kept in touch with, actually. And then you do something long enough, Manuel, and then things just circle back. And then you're like, hell yeah, we did talk back in the day. But now, let me introduce the guest, Manuel Boca. He is a partner at Cobra Publishing. It is cobrapublishing.com. If you are an indie game publisher and you want to work with a publishing firm that understands monetization and retention, which is all topics that we're going to be talking about today, well, check them out. It is, once again, Cobra with the K, publishing.com. Manuel, welcome to the show. Hi, Steve. Nice to hear you again. Yeah, man. Well, it's good to talk to you. Talk to me about your background. You've been in gaming for a very long time. Yes, I have. Actually, I have been developing games for about nine years or so. So uh, basically, I started with a you know a gaming business on uh, on the web. I was making uh, flash games at first. They went actually. I had some success. I mean, I had a few millions of players for each of them. However, back in the day, the monetizing part wasn't that evolved as it is right now. So that means basically there were no in-game purchases or anything like that. You just made money from ads, which wasn't that great. I mean, enough to, you know, uh, make a living, but not really much more than that. So that's the start, I guess, for me. And you've also had a game reach millions of users too. Would you mind sharing about that game and that story? Of course, sure. So um, I would talk about um, a few games actually. So my most successful game was uh, named Mini Tower Defense, which had about 6 million players overall. And uh, it was number two of all tower defense games at the time. So it was, I would say, a success for me. Also, I made another two games, Glean and Glean 2, that also had about 2 million players each. So I think that's a good start for a game developer. 
Yeah. What made you want to get into the publishing side of things? And talk to me about Cobra Publishing a little bit too. Okay. So um, I still made games over the years. And uh, recently I was approached by uh, a newly found company called Cobra Publishing. And uh, they asked me, I, I mean, they are already my publisher for one of my unreleased games that's going to be released probably at the beginning of the next year. And they asked me if I would be interested in being a partner at this company. And of course I said yes, because they need my expertise in uh, what I know actually best, retention and engagement and how to make a game the best that it can be. So let's start with that then. Where do you start? When, when indie developers come to you, indie game developers come to you, where do you start when you're looking at an average game, quote unquote, and you try to turn it into an amazing one? Okay, that is actually a really good question. I'd say, uh, and I see that a lot of beginners, uh, beginner developers make this mistake. They don't use analytics or just uh, leave the default ones that are available from Google Play and iOS. So you definitely need much, much more uh, analytics and metrics than the default ones. And not to mention that a lot of the developers are not even looking at those. So in order to make your game better, first you have to understand the users. How are they playing it? And what do they want? And of course, also reading the comments and reviews would help a lot, but that's just usually not enough. I mean, uh, especially if you have a newly launched game and there are only, I don't know, two or three written reviews, then there's not much to understand. So you really need analytics. What analytic tools are you using? for games? Okay. Um, I actually am using uh, a tool that is 100% free. It's called Game Analytics. Mm -hmm. It's actually gameanalytics.com, the website. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's good enough. And since other analytic tools are actually pretty expensive, I would recommend this one for starters. There's also maybe I would say good enough Google Analytics, but it's not free. Everyone thinks it's free. They actually have a premium plan, which is kind of expensive. I mean, it's something like over $150,000 per year. So wow. uh, pretty expensive for an indie developer, yeah. They do have some high limits, but if your game is doing well, you're going to reach them in the first month. So... It's not really for a beginner then. So from an analytics standpoint, what are you actually tracking? Okay, that's a good question. Actually, the more events you track, the better. Uh, usually I start with basically all the possible events that I could track. Basically, every, every click on every button inside the game, I mean, I'm talking about the menus. However, I don't track any and every action within the game. Let's say you have a shooter, you don't have to track 
every time you fire a bullet. That would be useless, basically. But uh, within a single level, you can track at the end of the level how many enemies you killed and so on. So you do, uh, and how many lives you lost and so on. So you do need some overall stats for each level, but there's no point sending data every second or so. Okay. And then when you're, let me get back to your earlier point, Manuel, is you said, hey, you know, look at the reviews. What are people talking about? Now, now that, let's say, for example, I have a game idea, Manuel, and I've got a beta version coming out, and I don't want to actually launch it. Maybe I'm trying to get an Apple feature and all that stuff. But what do I do? How should I get that early user feedback then? That's another great question. And I think there are plenty of ways to do that. The way I usually do it is uh, I'm developing my games cross-platform and I'm releasing on a different platform than the final one. So I'm also, since I'm a web developer as well, and I've been for many, many years, I, I'm also releasing a web version of the game. And I know the UI and user experience might be a bit different, but it's not that much different. So basically, I'm releasing a Facebook version for testing, but there are many other options. For mobile, you could also um, upload the game and uh, make it a beta game on the Google Play. And they also send you a lot of users for free. So there's no real reason not to do it. You know, I got I got to pick your brain about this then. I'm glad you brought it up. But I've heard many people do the beta launch. I don't know how to get it promoted because I have done beta launches where, you know, within Google, you can do sort of a, it's a beta version, right? It's not the alpha because alpha has to be private, but beta, it becomes open and available to anyone to download and use. But how do you get that? How do you get the free users for that? Actually, I haven't done that. I've just heard from other people. So I haven't done it myself. All I do, I... uh, I'm testing only on uh, Facebook because getting paid users are actually quite easy and quite cheap. Um, Basically, you can get paid users for something like 20 cents and uh, you buy, I don't know, 100 users at once and do a test and then another one for the next two days and so on. You have to buy them indeed from cheap countries like the Philippines and so on, but it's okay since you're only testing retention, that really isn't an issue. I see. And, you know, we did this soft launch to the Philippines too, and we saw some really low cost installs, but I only saw it on the Android side. Is that, Are you seeing very similar things? Well, to be honest, I... Um, all the tests I do are on the Android platform okay. because that's just, let's say, easier to manage and just to manage a single platform. Also, the iOS, it takes a lot of time until they uh, publish a new update and so on. So it's just so much easier to just upload the game on Google Play and have it online in just a few hours. So. There's no point in doing any kind of testing for iOS. That's so true. Are you seeing similar behavior in terms of monetization and retention from Android and iOS versus iOS? 
Actually, that varies, but not as much as you think. So it can be uh, on Android, it can be up to, let's say, 15 or 20 percent, 20 percent higher on iOS or sometimes on Google Play. It really, really depends on the game and I don't know the market, I guess. I don't know. It so it yes, usually for most games, uh, you can make a bit more from iOS, but not for all games. So it really depends. What about retention? So how do we? How do you think about retention when you see a game? Okay, so <clears throat> I think the most important thing for retention is to understand that first you have to have a good game because if the game sucks, no matter how many tests and tries and things you're going to do to improve it, are not going to do anything if the game sucks. So a lot of developers thinks, think of themselves that they have an amazing game. And that's understandable because, you know, it's like your child, you really have to love what you do. And But sometimes, you know, you may not be as objective as you should be. So that means that maybe you should really listen to other people's feedback. I mean, real feedback, not just, you know, your friends or family that are, uh, you know, saying that your game is great and so on. No, you you really need real feedback. If the game is good, then the thing is you should uh, first focus on day one. But even before... Get, uh, working on improving the day one retention. I think it's extremely important to improve the engagement in the first day, the so-called day zero. Because if the user doesn't even play or finishes the tutorial or doesn't play after the tutorial enough, then there's no reason for that player to come back the next day. So... This is how I see retention. Day zero is extremely important. Then day one, then then you can focus on long-term retention things such as adding more content, more game modes, events, um, some multiplayer uh, challenges, and so on. So what kind of events work for the type of games? Actually, let me let me rephrase this. So at Cobra okay. Publishing, are there types of games that you guys are more interested in? Actually, we are publishing all kinds of games from indie developers, from single or two-people teams, up to teams of 50 people. So it's an extremely ri- uh, wide range of games. Also, regarding the genre of the game we really don't care as long as the game is good that's all that matters so we could uh, publish and we are talk- uh, we are uh, in talks with uh, a big publisher that it's uh, that has developed a few very very big action mmo type games and also some uh, smaller casual games as well okay i like it so when you said events like what types of events really work well to retain users mainly all kind of events the more content you have the more reasons for people to come back but they do have to make uh, 
sense in, within the game. I mean, if you're going to only make some events that are going to have some rewards that don't really matter, it's for nothing. So the events themselves themselves that have to be somewhat similar to the main game and also have some rewards that would really help the player in the game man in the main game to advance more so these are the i don't know the general principles that seem to work i know one of the guys my past guests from man backflip studios he talked about monetizing off of impatience too and these type of events where you know you kind of make people wait like and it's a great retention it's a great retention strategy too because it's like oh you're growing a plant you know or you're building your clan or whatever you're building a house you just have to come back to get this or you know obviously there's a reason to come back one and then secondly if you want to speed up this process, well, you can buy some of these things to help speed up the process too. Yes, that's the, let's say, classical view. And I personally personally don't really agree with it. I mean, people are already getting tired of this and they they really hate it. I mean, there are so many games that are free and that they can play that when they see a let's say weight wall like this they they sim- will simply stop if they get too annoyed maybe not the first time but if they have to wait just a few more days or something they will definitely stop playing so i wouldn't advise uh, to use this as a good strategy instead i would say better add more content and more gameplay in general some more game modes let's say new and different ways in which you can engage the player using the same core, let's say, gameplay, but with some variations. Because if the player doesn't really have something interesting to do, they will definitely leave sooner than later. Do you have an example of a game that you think is doing well on that? Um, I don't know. I'm Any game in the top... 250 grossing is doing great, I'd say. Because most um, most games that uh, stay in the top grossing charts, they really have some, uh, uh, some events and some stuff that are, I don't know, just uh, different enough that keeps the, keep the players engaged every day. Got it. Okay, so let's talk about this then. How should game developers start thinking about their monetization strategy? Okay, I think there are two main things that we should talk about here. The first one is, um, of course, uh, rewarded video ads, which are pretty popular lately, and uh, they are actually making enough money that it's worth adding them. Also, I'd say that uh, there is no point in, uh, you know, just showing ads without asking asking the user first. So uh, from my experience in plenty of games, if you never display an ad, if you, unless uh, the player clicks on it, that simply works great because uh, players are not annoyed and they really want at some point some rewards for instance, after you finish a level, you can give them double 
gold or something if they watch an ad. And most of the times they will do it. And actually for some games, uh, the click rate on uh, uh, video ads is quite high. It can be up to 45 or even 50% of the active users. And those that are active are usually seeing above four or five ads per day. So if the users really like the game, they see absolutely no problem in seeing an ad. Second thing is, of course, in-game purchases, which is another huge deal and is actually bringing the, my, let's say, the lion's share of the profit. And here is a huge, huge uh, discussion about it because we have to uh, prepare the proper packages at first, for initial users where you give them some boost and uh, don't ask a lot of money for it. And then later on, you have to have a lot of content and to give them enough, um, let's say, good enough packages that it's worth for them to pay for. And also not, um, let's say, not uh, ruin the overall experience for the community because as you probably already know uh, in most games there are usually around 1.5 to 2 maybe 2.5 percent of payers so you really don't have to ruin the experience for everyone else when uh, designing let's say uh, packages and monetization system are there types of games that you see are trying to trendy right now where you see sort of like the gaming, the mobile games industry turning to? You mean as a genre? Yeah, as a genre or just something that you, you're starting to see in the as a trend in the mobile gaming space? Mm, yes, I would say so. There's a lot of um, idle games that are uh, recently uh, spawned, let's say. Um, idle, incremental, it's uh, hard to really put them in a single category. But definitely, these kind of games are uh, a major thing in the past few years. And it's uh, only the trend is only increasing. Even though a lot of people say they suck, they are playing it. What's an idle so, game? Like a casual game? Is that what you mean? Um, no, it's if you the first idol, the first known idol game is Cookie Clicker. If you heard about it, yeah, okay, Top Heroes and this kind of game. Yeah, there's, yeah, uh, basically a game where you don't have to do much other than waiting, and uh, it just play plays by itself. Also, sometimes they are incremental. I mean, most of the times, which means you make more and more money and usually you make over million, billions, trillions and sextillions, a billion and so on. So very, very big numbers. So let's end with this, Manuel. Let's talk about how app game developers, actually, let's not say app developers, but let's say game creators, indie game studios or even game bigger game studios. How If they wanted to work with you guys, how should they approach you guys? That's a very good question. A lot of um, 
indie developers just after they uh, make a game they simply just you know write a huge email with a lot of information that it's not really important and they just send it all develop to all publishers and they expect them to reply and it just doesn't work like that first of all it really depends on the game um, for us we only work for ga with games and studios that do know what they are doing at least they have launched a few games before they had somewhat a, let's say a reasonable success at least from uh, the metrics perspective i mean we don't care about the profit maybe they just didn't you know make enough money to uh, even uh, you know support the development of the next game however what we care about is the metrics i mean if the retention is good then we care about it and they can do a lot of tests even before launching so we can help with that too as long as you know they have some good numbers to show so just if it doesn't really matter the way they contact us email website form or they if they see us at a conference like gdc or something mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if they show us some good metrics then we say okay that's all that matters we really don't care about you know uh, sending us an APK or something, unless they can show us that the game can be profitable, then it's that's all that matters, what matters for us. It's almost like, I mean, I think the biggest sell would be, hey, Manuel, heard you on this podcast, and here's our game, here's a link to the video, so you can check it out. Here's our retention rate, you know? like, And I think that is almost powerful enough because then you know, you guys know how to monetize, right? Once the, you once you know how to retain exactly. users, once the game retains it, you'll you'll figure out a way to monetize. It's no problem. Of course. So we don't expect developers to know how to monetize. They may try some things. We don't care if they work or not for them. We can help them be profitable. That's not the issue. But if they only send us, I don't know, a link to the game or. Uh, just screenshot trailer and so on. We don't care because it doesn't matter how good it is. There are thousands of games that look great and they suck. So we don't care about the graphics that much. We care about the metrics. So if alongside the you know screenshots and trailers, they send us some metrics, that's amazing. And they don't even have to be based on huge numbers. I mean, if they can show us something like, look, we have 300 players and these are our day one, day seven at least, day 30 would be great if they can wait that much, then we can say yes. And even if these metrics don't look amazing, we can also help them increase them. But if day 30 is something like less than 1%, then it's a big no for us. I see. The, are there, the metrics, are there things that you are looking for like at least a certain point or you kind of are open to a lot of things we are open to a lot of things however we basically want day one to be at least 40 percent day 7 20 and day 10 10 percent those are some huge numbers we can accept games with a lot less but games that we can see that they are uh, you know, they have potential. I mean, if a game has, I don't know, 4%, let's say, day 30, 
and it looks good and we think there's plenty of things for us to improve it, then we'll say yes, sign uh, some contract, uh, put in some milestones, and if they will achieve it, then we will go to the next step. Otherwise, we'll have to pass. Okay. Okay. And then the number of users, is there, to get these metrics in, do you try to aim for 100? Do we try to aim for 300? Obviously, the more, the better, better. But what's the minimum that we should try to aim for to get these metrics in? Um, I'd say 300. It should be the minimum, and it's not even a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah 1,000 would be ideal, but I know that a lot of, uh, at least indie developers, can afford that. Also, the uh, more you test, the more users you need. So you're definitely going to need a lot more users to test before the final ones that they're going to show us. So there are some expenses around the, along the way. I love it, Manuel. Is there anything that I miss that you want to make sure you cover before we hit the big finish? Mm, I don't know. I think I would like to say a few things about, uh, um, I don't know, how to increase retention because I think that should be the whole point of this uh, podcast, right? Yeah. So um, I I would say that um, there are a few things that from at least from what I've seen in a lot of games, um, when we... Uh, recommended and uh, the studios implemented that uh, really made a difference. So first of all, it's the basic stuff. I mean, if you had the leaderboard and uh, the game, I don't know, for a casual game, it really works. For some other kinds, kind of games, it really doesn't work. So it really depends. However, for games that are, uh, I don't know, could work for, could have a community, I would say, uh, the developers should really add that as a feature. I mean, making some sort of clan, even the game, if it, even if the game itself is single player, just by having a community and grouping together a bunch of players and giving giving them a chat and a reason to talk about and I don't know, maybe exchanging some items or stuff, really really helps a lot with uh, with basically with uh, increasing retention over time. Because if there's a community, there's a reason to come back and talk to other people and, uh, you know, do stuff, do more stuff in the game than, uh, you know, if it's just single player and that's it. So um, I think um, the more things you do overall in the game, such as, I don't know, there are some other features that I would usually recommend as well. I mean, if your game has, I don't know, just a basic gameplay, if you can make some variations and include them either as a different game mode or as a new event that's, a, let's say, special kind of event that only happens, I don't know, once every month or something and lasts for three days or something, that's another thing, thing that, you know, will make people come back. So the more you invest, the more time you invest into a game, the better it will do overall. And I know that a lot of de developers are making this mistake where they 
try something, they put their heart into it. And if the game just doesn't work, you know, it doesn't have a lot of installs or something, they, they just, you know, say, you know, never mind and start another one. And I don't think that's the way you should see things. If you see potential in, in that game, I think you should still keep improving it and uh, try to always make it better and it will eventually do better. So I think <laughs> this is uh, these are my advices for uh, developers so far. I love it. So here, I'll recap it. Leaderboards, have a community, which kind of is, you know, goes talk about game modes. So if it's a casual game, like if you look at Color Switch, you look at different game modes, and then obviously getting events in as well that will help you with your retention strategies. Did I recap it pretty well, Manuel? Yeah, yeah, it did. Thank you very much. See, I pay attention. All right, Manuel, before I hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor for the show. It is clevertap.com. Look, guys, if you're looking for, we talked a lot about retention. And one of the ways to retain your users is by sending personalized message through them. So that's just emails, that's push notifications, that's any way that you can communicate to your users to get them back into the app. And CleverTap has a marketing, mobile marketing platform with analytics, with messaging, with push notifications. They can do it all and they can help you with the conversion funnel as well. But let me just talk about the personal marketing. They talked about one, how they used email to figure out why users are uninstalling. And they have technology within their SDK that allows you to kind of guess when somebody's uninstalled and send them a personalized email and said, hey, Manuel, I've noticed you haven't been playing my game lately. Can I ask you why? And that has led many of their clients to decrease the uninstall rate because now they understand why people are getting no longer using the app. So if you want to learn more about CleverTap and all the different features they've got, too hard to explain in just one ad read, but check them out. It is clevertap.com. Let them know you heard it on this podcast. So I get a little love, not monetarily. I just want the credit for sending you over, but it is clevertap.com. And well, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is one app we definitely have to check out? Okay. So I would say that you definitely should play Mad CEO. It's a clicker game that I was uh, talking about earlier. So I would uh, definitely say, try it out and see how it is. Mad it's CEO. not even published by us. Yes. Nice. Awesome. And what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? That's a great question. I think um, it would be that, uh, you know, it's really hard to admit sometimes that uh, you're not always the best in, uh, in making decisions. So uh, asking other experts and trying to actually listen to their opinion instead of thinking that you're the most amazing person that knows it all, I think that's one of the hardest thing, things to do. And uh, it's a big deal if you're starting to actually do it. Love it. So the website, Matzio, is that a an app or is it just an online thing? I couldn't find the it's app. A, it's a game. It's an online game. It's also, it has a um, mobile version as well. Okay. We'll have to find it. Is it through Miniclip or Congregate? 
Uh, both. I think uh, it was published recently by by Miniclip, but it was recent uh, launched at first on Congregate, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, I will Not link really the, sure, but... the mini clip one to the showcast. Manuel, this has been awesome. The website for those who want to check it out, it is Cobra with the K publishing.com Cobra publishing.com. And Manuel, if the listeners want to follow up with you personally, where do you want to send them? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you could also follow my uh, gaming studio. It's uh, zgamestudio.com. Zgamestudios.com. So, yeah. Great. I will link that into Stud- the studios.com. Game- zgamestudios.com. That's the website. If you got anything out of this, find a way to thank the guests like I'm about to do now. Manuel, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Okay. Uh, very nice to talk to you as well so hope your listeners are going to have a great day or evening and uh, good luck with your games and hopefully you'll make them be a, you'll make your next game be a big success awesome thank you all for listening i'll see you on the next chat thanks for listening to the app masters podcast for show notes and amazing app marketing content check out appmasters.co